Just before the turn of the century, director Michael Bay teamed up with Ben Affleck to create Armageddon. With a budget of $140 million that earned back over $200 million by the time it left theaters, Armageddon was a smash hit. Ben Affleck's salary for that movie was about $600,000. So the duo decided to try it again, this time teaming up for 2001's Pearl Harbor, again with a budget of about $140 million. This time, though, Ben Affleck decided to take a pay cut and instead work for a percentage. His salary for Pearl Harbor was $250,000 along with 7% of ticket sales. Pearl Harbor didn't do quite as well as Armageddon, but it still made enough to have Ben Affleck's take be about $10 million. In an interview about his 2012 film Argo, which we've already covered here on the show, Ben Affleck admitted he did Pearl Harbor for the wrong reasons. He did it for the money. For some comparison, 1970's Torah, Torah, Torah is another film depicting the attack on Pearl Harbor, but it was made with about a $25 million budget for the entire film, and it made about $30 million at the box office. With Pearl Harbor Day coming up on Thursday, this week we're going to do something a little bit different here on the show. Instead of picking one movie... I'm going to join up with Corey Constable from the Omitted podcast as we dive into the historical accuracies of both Pearl Harbor and Torah, 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 so you can decide which one you want to watch on Pearl Harbor Day. I'm Dan LeFebvre, and this is Based on a True Story. Before Corey joins us on the show, let's set up our game, Two Truths and a Lie. I'm going to give you three statements. Two of them are true, and one of them is a lie. Listen closely for the two truths scattered throughout the episode, and then by a process of elimination, you'll know which one is a lie. And, of course, we'll do a recap at the end of the episode to see how well you did. Okay, here are the two truths and one lie. Number one, there weren't any American pilots who made it into the air during the attack on Pearl. Number two, there was a document sent by the Japanese government to the American government that didn't make it before the attack. Number three, the Americans retaliated for Pearl Harbor by launching a surprise attack of their own on Japan, led by Major Doolittle. All right, got him? Without further ado, let's dive into my chat with Corey Constable about Pearl Harbor and Tora Tora Tora. December 7th marks the 76th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. In honor of that, we're going to do something special on this week's episode of Based on a True Story. So this week, I'm excited to be joined by the host of Omitted, Corey Constable. Corey's podcast is one of my favorite history podcasts, and his entire second season was dedicated to stories surrounding the attack on Pearl Harbor. Thanks for taking the time to join me today, Corey. And for those listening who haven't heard of Omitted, can you give us a quick overview of your podcast and where people can find it? Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Um, Omitted is a narrative nonfiction history podcast where I tell some of the forgotten stories behind history's biggest events. So we all know the story of Titanic or Pearl Harbor or the civil rights movement. But because those events were so big, there were a lot of names that got lost in the shuffle. So the stories were largely forgotten. So I really just want to go back through history and find some of those people whose names were missed and Give them credit for being there and give them credit for playing a part in all that. So you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or you can stream the episodes at omittedpodcast.com. Great. So 
This episode is going to be a little bit different than the typical episode of Based on a True Story. Now, I couldn't pick between Pearl Harbor and Tora Tora Tora, so we're going to be talking about both. And here's how it's going to work. I've set up the movie, or rather each movie, into three sections. So there's the prelude, the attack itself, and then the aftermath. And I'll provide a quick synopsis of how each movie gets covered in each of those sections. And then we'll go back and forth and chat about it to see how each movie handles the historical accuracy in that section. Finally, we'll decide which movie pulled off the historical accuracy better for that section. So the idea here being that at the end, we can really just decide which movie is going to be better to watch for Pearl Harbor Day. The actual movie called Pearl Harbor or Tor 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 as far as historical accuracy is concerned. Ready? I am if you are. Alrighty. So, kicking this off with the uh, prelude with uh, Tora Tora Tora. It says that the reason for Pearl Harbor was because of a trade embargo imposed by the U.S. on Japan, being a small island, Japan that is, um, with it's only a matter of time before they run out of raw materials. So Japan d- essentially decides that war is inevitable, and since war is inevitable. It's best to attack first, strike the first blow. And then on Pearl Harbor's side, doesn't really mention any of this, but it has a lot of backstory that doesn't really have anything to do with Pearl Harbor. It tells the story from the side of two fictional friends who grow up to be pilots. According to this story, World War II really has begun, but the United States isn't part of it. So the pilots, in this case, uh, was it Rafe? which is played by Ben Affleck, he decides to um, fly in the Eagle Squadron to help out during the Battle of Britain uh, with the battles raging over in Europe. And then uh, while he's gone, Danny, who's uh, played by Josh Harnett, he's transferred to Pearl Harbor. So a lot of this stuff that's kind of leading up to, but not really talking about the uh, political side of things. Um, and then meanwhile, Rafe is shot down, presumed dead, and so then there's kind of this love triangle that forms between the two of them and Rafe's girlfriend, uh, played by Kate Beckinsale. So this uh, this aspect of it, what about the, let's go, kind of go back to Tor Tor Tor. What about the trade embargo? Was that correct in showing that that was one of the reasons for going to war? That really was one of the reasons that Japan was willing to go to war at that time, yeah. Um, the Japanese government was a monarchy at the time. Uh, the emperor was essentially regarded as a god, and the citizens were beholden to him. So in an attempt to capitalize on the colonial expansion that they saw the rest of the world going after, uh, Japan decided that they had some pretty lofty goals for, I guess, expanding their own territory. Okay. Uh, they invaded China and Manchuria, and they took control of the Chinese resources, um, all the imports into the country. And that kind of made America mad. So eventually it led to an embargo on oil exports to the country. Um, And the Japanese empire was, you know, growing increasingly indignant and desperate to establish itself as a world power. Um, It was refusing to be bullied. And when they realized that they were down to, I think it was only two years of oil reserves, they felt compelled to strike out against America. Oh, okay. So so their expansion started in China and then... Using it, it sounds like they kind of used up a lot of their resources in in that campaign. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and then just general use within the country. You know, they were trying to build themselves up and make themselves bigger than they actually were. So that, you know, that takes up a lot of fuel. Yeah, yeah. I guess war has that effect on <laughs> uh, it does. expansion. Um, so then, what about the way kind of Pearl Harbor sets a lot of that up? It doesn't really, as I recall, and granted, I, I just watched it, and but my memory is horrible. As I recall, it doesn't really <laughs> talk about that side of it as much, but. Was there actually Americans involved in, in as the movie, that movie shows, the Battle of Britain um, before the U.S. was even officially a part of World War II? That aspect of the film is entirely fictionalized. Um, active duty service members were not asked to fly in the Royal Air Force, and they weren't even allowed to to begin with. So that was entirely made up, I guess, for the romantic flair. You know, take one of the main characters away to build up tension, but yeah, that didn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting. I, um, I did a little bit of research on it too. And I, I found that there were people that flew for, um, in the battle of Britain, but they weren't, like you said, they weren't active duty by any means. They were actually, you know, civilians and stuff from different countries. Yeah, um, exactly. They, the U S knew that they were going to war. Um, they knew that war was inevitable. They weren't going to give up their best, uh, pilots to send over to another country to fight in, you know, another country's war when one was beating on our doorstep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, if you go to, um, the Royal air forces official website, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that, but they have a role of honor of all of the pilots that flew during the battle of Britain. Um, there were some 574 pilots from other countries, and 11 of those were from the U.S. So not a really significant role. Yeah, uh, so one of the, the odds US. then that Rafe would have been one of them. <laughs> yeah, that, these, these two just happened to, be <laughs> happened to be there. Yeah, that's not looking good. <laughs> so kind of a, a little more generally rather than just kind of that main – set up to the prelude was there anything about Torah 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 that struck you as either they did a really good job you know in, in portraying this accurately or maybe on the other side just something that was glaringly inaccurate between the two films Torah 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 was hands down the most accurate with how they showed the events leading up to the attack um, for the film they actually brought in technical advisors who'd been a part of the planning process for Pearl Harbor so they really tried to get into the mindset of the Japanese. Um, this, of course, drew a lot of criticism, I guess you could say, from patriotic folks in the West. Um, they sort of felt that the Japanese were, they sort of felt that the directors were trying to take an apologist approach to history. But really, yeah. the film dedicated yeah, I, a lot I noticed of screen there was time a to lot of, the lead-up. A lot of mention of that the ambassador from Japan kind of wanting to uh, basically, as the movie implies, de almost declare a war before uh, the actual attack happens, um, kind of leading up to that prelude. Was that something that actually happened there? And I know that's kind of something that is, I, I guess, in addition to the uh, embargo and, and that aspect that we've already talked about, but um, with Tor 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 really focusing heavily on that, I just wanted to touch on that. Is if that was something that actually happened at all? Uh, that was an international requirement. Actually, the Hague Convention in 1907 required that countries 
declare war on one another before they launch any attacks. Um, Japan knew that they were going to go for America. They knew that that's what it was going to come down to. I'm sure there were some within Japan who felt that, you know, a declaration of war, like, let's just go ahead and get this over with. Let's get it started. Let's get things underway. That way we can have all the oil we need. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I actually, I found some some conflicting reports on that. I heard some that, that would say that, but then others saying that the actual document that the Japanese government gave was more that they were just breaking off the diplomatic negotiations, not really a declaration of war, kind of a, yeah, this is this is going to happen, kind of almost a obvious you know first step, but not really something that would indicate that there was a war coming right away. <laughs> yeah, that was that was called the 14 part message actually. Um Japan sent that on December 7th. It wasn't finished being translated until two o'clock that afternoon. And that's uh, Pearl Harbor time or because that was in Washington, uh, that was Washington Washington DC time. Yep. Okay. So it was a little late. The attack was already underway and it was I read through it yesterday. It was kind of vague. It was hard to tell that they were saying, we are going to attack you. Yeah. Um, it really came across as, these are our grievances. This isn't working out. It read kind of like a breakup letter, but not an attack letter. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess if you're putting yourself in the context of that, if you really do want to sneak attack, you're not going to declare war ahead of time. And then I know that, you know, you're saying that there was a an international idea of, having to declare war before you actually do it but if there's one thing you're not going to do ahead of time i mean it's war right i mean it's not like you're being friendly it's not like yeah. you're giving people the benefit of the doubt type thing it, you are declaring war yeah and i mean that was before world war ii even the hague convention was in 1907 oh okay um, so it yeah yeah, well, I mean, that would have gone through World War One, right? I mean, that was even before World War One. Yeah, yeah. So yep. it was before World War One. So war was changing really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, the entire makeup of how wars were fought. So this was new territory for everyone. Huh. So what about uh, Pearl Harbor then? Kind of still on the prelude, but um, was there anything with Pearl Harbor? You said that Tor 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 was much more accurate than on the other side. I'm assuming then Pearl Harbor being much more inaccurate. Was there anything that kind of stood out to you as being uh, glaringly inaccurate for the the way it kind of set up? I don't think it was really necessarily glaringly inaccurate so much as it was they didn't really go for the actual buildup. Um, the first half of that movie is really just building up the characters. They The writers, the directors, they were not historians by any means. I think they were just trying to capitalize on the success of Titanic and, you know, have this romantic love story set with the backdrop, set with the backdrop of a tragic event from history. Um, at its core, the film is nothing more than that. Um, so they really didn't spend a whole lot of time going over what was leading up to the war itself. Hmm. So the most inaccurate part being that pretty much nothing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yep. They just, I mean, they go over it briefly. They show the Japanese commanders yeah. and whatnot. Uh, they don't really get into the reason so much. They don't build it up in the way that Tora yeah. Tora Tora does. Okay. So to summarize the prelude, if you had to pick between the two, and I, I 
just based on our conversation, I think I'm going to guess which one, but (laughs) um, which one would you say is more accurate for the way the events are depicted for the prelude up to the war? I think it's very much obviously Torah, Torah, Torah between the two films. Um, The whole storyline about Rafe joining the Eagle Squadron in England, that was a huge red flag for me. That told me that, you know, this is not going to be a film that concerns itself with actual history. Um, It's a great story. It's very romantic. Torah, Torah, Torah was largely about the reasons why uh, we ultimately went to war with Japan, why Japan decided to attack us. So I have to go with Torah, Torah, Torah. I I think I'm going to agree with you there. I think just the <laughs> the the mere fact of well uh, being fictional characters <laughs> that they're really just kind of focusing on um are yeah we have to go with tor 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 as well all right so now we're to the attack itself for tor 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 it shows the surprise attack beginning at dawn on December 7th, 1941 according to this movie the airplanes are spotted by Hickam Field but they think that they're a group of uh, American B-17 bombers. And then there's another mishap that occurs kind of on top of that, that when there's a, a message of warning of a possible attack from General Marshall, Marshall sorry, in Washington, D.C., that message, unfortunately, isn't marked as urgent. So it doesn't really make it to Pearl Harbor before the attack. And then during the attack itself, the Japanese launched two waves of fighters instead of uh, launching more and destroy a number of ships in the harbor. But then Admiral Nagumo refuses to launch a third wave of attacks, even though you can get a sense in the movie that pretty much everybody else wants to launch another wave of attacks while they have the Americans kind of on uh, running um, from defense. And then, uh, but his rationale behind that is he's afraid that he's, you know, the war is just starting and he has to take, make sure that the entire fleet makes it back safely. Um, and, he also doesn't really know where the American carriers are, so he doesn't want to be exposed to attack themselves. And so that's Tor Tor Tor, kind of the attack itself. And then as far as Pearl Harbor, it's really more of a complete surprise in Pearl Harbor since really uh, the two pilots re- arrived in Pearl Harbor just the day before they wake up to the sound of the attack going on. So it's kind of a, a new environment completely by surprise there. And then these two pilots, uh, Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett make their way to an airfield where they managed to get off the ground and be pretty much the only Americans in the skies. They shoot down seven Japanese planes and we see a lot more destruction of the ships in the harbor, uh, but there's not really a lot of details about the waves of the planes or the actual ships that are being damaged. Um, and so it's really, again, just kind of from the perspective of those two pilots. So, all right, so that's kind of a setup for the attack. For Tora Tora Tora, um, was it correct in showing that there were some warning signs of the attack beforehand, like the... Uh, being spotted um, on another part of the island, but thinking that they're American bombers or even that message warning of a, a possible attack. was Were there some warning signs that, for whatever reason, just didn't make it to Pearl in time? I think it was pretty clear before the attack even started, before December 7th, even before December at all. Um, it was pretty clear that the war drums were beating. 
So Japan had already aligned itself with Nazi Germany, which was at war with our biggest allies. Like we knew that we were going to go to war. We knew that an attack was going to happen. We just really didn't know when. Um, the you know the relationship was strained because of the oil embargoes. The talks really were not going well. Everyone knew that an attack was going to happen. Um, there were some signs on that day that were missed. Um, like I said just a bit ago, the message wasn't received in Washington until two o'clock. Uh, that should have given you know some sort of warning, I suppose. Um, but even more than that, you know, the B-17s coming in from the north, that was something that actually did happen that day. They picked it up on radar. They thought it was a fleet of American planes that were coming from California. And, you know, they didn't really think anything of it. They just thought it was those planes. They didn't know it was a swarm of Japanese aircraft. The weather's getting nicer, which means now is the perfect time to plan ahead for summer fun. Personally, I'm hoping to be able to visit my family this summer, and that means booking flights as soon as possible before the prices go up. And now you can help ensure your money is there when you need it with today's sponsor, Earn In. Just download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and watch your earnings tick up as you work. Access up to $100 a day and up to $750 per pay period so you can start making your summer plans now. It's free and easy to get started. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in True Story under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. True Story under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Thanks, Earn In. So what about uh, the the third wave then in Tora, 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 you see the Japanese launching a couple waves and then stopping. Was that yeah, something there, that actually happened or did they, did they just kind of keep pounding as long as they could? There was supposed to be a third wave of planes that day. Um, that was Japan's plan for December 7th. Um, they were going to send a third wave and take out all of the fuel supplies at the harbor and at the airfields. Oh, wow. Ultimately, they decided not to do that. They didn't want to take any losses. Um and, you know, through the day, they only lost 29 planes out of the 350 plus that they sent out. So, you know, they came out on top of things pretty well. I think if they had sent that third wave, you know, by that point, America was ready to fight back. They had sort of positioned themselves to where they were able to shoot down some of the planes. They would have been expecting more by that point. So it would have, you know, it would have meant some pretty big losses for Japan. Hmm. It's one of those what if situations, you know, what, because if they would have targeted the, you know, gas and all that kind of stuff, that would have been a major blow. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, not that it wasn't a major blow anyway, but you know, all of those supplies and everything, that's what you need in your rebuilding effort. And so rebuilding would take that much longer if it's, if it's gone. Yep. They would have then had to, you know, bring in the fuel from California that would have taken at least a week. 
who knows how much they could have gotten it. Yeah. It would have been really, really bad. I think I, I saw a quote somewhere from, uh, Admiral Nimitz. He, he said that if they had wiped out Pearl Harbor shore facilities, then world war two would have been prolonged for at least two more years. Um, without, the U.S. really being able to even start naval operations in the Pacific for at least a year later than they were able to. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of, yeah, I mean, just complete devastation would have, I mean, two more years of the war, just imagine what sort of chaos would have happened. You think of all the the horrible events that happened, especially, you know, towards the end of the war in in Europe there that the U.S. was able to liberate a lot of that, but if they had fallen behind or even if we would have won the war, I mean, that's one of those things that, I don't know, yeah. it's one of those what-if situations, right? It, yeah, it really is. It's And it's hard telling, you know, what would have happened to some of the ships that we were actually able to salvage from Pearl Harbor. You know, would those have been more damaged? Would they have been, irre- like, unable to be replaced at that point? We really have no way of knowing. It's all just speculative, but I think it would have been pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what about Pearl Harbor? When, when Pearl Harbor shows that our two heroes in particular are the ones that are able to make it in the air and actually get up in the sky and start fighting back against the Japanese, were there any American pilots that were actually able to get off the ground that day? There were. Yep. This is an aspect of Pearl Harbor that's definitely true. Um, Rafe and Danny were modeled after two second lieutenants named George Welch and Kenneth Taylor, and they actually raced to the airfield in Haleiwa in a Buick. So the movie got even that part right as far as this aspect is concerned. Um, They were the first American pilots up in the air that day. They barely made it up. Somehow they made it through the Japanese throng. they were able to take out six Japanese aircraft. Um, so I think the movie shows seven in real life. They took out six. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, the, I mean the whole love triangle thing that the characters have going on, that wasn't something that happened with George Welch and Kenneth Taylor. So they were pretty displeased about that aspect of the movie. Um, but still it had to feel pretty good being memorialized in that way. Yeah. I actually noticed in watching tour, tour, tour again, um, just the other day that. It actually it does show two pilots getting up off the ground as well. It's it's a really brief brief sequence, but you see yeah. them getting off the ground, and one of the guys um, talks to the other one and and says something about George, and so yeah, it it also does kind of mention George Welch, right? Um, yep. I don't yeah, think that's Kenneth a little nod to reality. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. even there, Tor 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 has it beat a little bit. <laughs> yep, it does. <laughs> Yeah, there was actually an incident that I spoke about in season two of the podcast, the um, Niihau incident. And that only took place because the American pilots were able to get up off the ground that day. Hmm. So they shot at a pilot named Shigenori Nishikaichi, and they pierced his fuel tank, and he had to crash land on Niihau, and it turned into a big ordeal. But that Hmm. wouldn't have happened if they hadn't been able to get off the ground. So, yep, that aspect is very much true. Now, kind of tying that back into something we saw in the prelude, do you know if those two pilots, if this is kind of the first indication that the two people, and I've said that they're fictional because the actual names, you know, Rafe and I can't remember Josh Hartnett's character's name, but Danny. Um, Danny, that's right. Yeah. Um, I should remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the easy one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, 
but you know, those two, obviously if they're modeled off these other characters, then those characters themselves aren't real. But then the question would be, do you know if George Welch and Kenneth Taylor actually fought in the battle of Britain or if either one of them did like the movie shows, um, the pilots doing Rafe doing, I believe, um, in Pearl Harbor. Um, I can't say for certain. I don't believe they did. Um, I'm pretty sure they were active duty, so they wouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't think they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think kind of what we had alluded to before when there were 11 Americans that fought in the battle of Britain. Yeah. Um, and none of them were active duty. So, them being active duty and pretty much seals the deal. I don't think it was them unless they went under a fake name and, you know, <laughs> hate yeah, or something. Well, some of the nurses in the movie did that. So, yeah. All right. So in terms of just kind of the general historical accuracy for Tor 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 and the way it depicts the attack itself, um, was there anything that we haven't talked about yet that just really kind of stood out to you as either being really accurate or, completely inaccurate, just kind of one way or the other? Um, I think one of the most interesting accurate parts is that one of the scenes shows an airplane crash that actually literally was an airplane crash. So Pearl Harbor, you know, it was all computer animation and all that good stuff. Um, But Tora Tora Tora, they had to use actual props. And there's a scene where a plane comes in for a landing and one of its wheels hasn't come down. I don't know if you oh, remember that That was one, one of the B-17s, wasn't it? Yep, it was. That, was of, mm. um, that actually happened during filming. So the you know, the landing mm. gear was supposed to come down. It didn't. It crashed into the runway. The people you see running for their lives are literally running for their lives in that oh, wow. moment. So wow. they decided to use that footage in the film. So it's like eerily accurate in that regard. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. Wow, that's one way to get realism, I guess. It, yeah, I guess so. Show wow. people who don't have to act scared. They really are. Yeah. So then what about on the Pearl Harbor side? Was there anything that stood out to you as being either really accurate? We kind of mentioned that it does a pretty good job of showing, well, at least the aspect of two pilots getting in the air. Um, was there anything else that stood out as being accurate or inaccurate for the attack itself? I think the general atmosphere was pretty accurate. You know, they do a really good job of showing the chaos of the day, um, how confused everyone actually was. Hmm. That's something that, you know, Tora Tora Tora, they tried, but it was, they were working with a limited budget. They didn't have computers on hand to be able to do it. I think Pearl Harbor stands out in that way. Um, But as far as inaccuracy is concerned, I, yeah, I have some gripes for Pearl Harbor too. Um, (laughs) They show the Maryland, the Nevada, the Tennessee, and the Pennsylvania all sinking. But in reality, all of those ships were saved after Pearl Harbor. They hmm. salvaged them. They made them work again. They sent them off to war. Um, Did they actually sink at Pearl Harbor and then they repaired them? Or was it that they didn't sink there? The Tennessee, well, all of them were attacked. Um, the Tennessee was listing to one side. It almost sank. They were able to upright it and, you know, get things back in place. Okay. The Nevada was grounded, I believe it is, right outside the harbor or right outside the harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one took minor damage. They were able to salvage that one as well. Um, all four of the ships, you know, they made it out of the war, even though in the film they show those ones sinking. Hmm. 
Yeah. And that seems odd to me because they didn't mention the USS Utah, which actually did sink at Pearl Harbor and is still sitting in the harbor today. But the film made the film made no mention of that one. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. But what was the one that well, that was the Arizona, right, that it showed sinking that actually had people on it? Yeah, the Arizona was, of course, the big one of the day. Um, 77% of the ship's crew were lost. So they do a decent job of showing, you know, how devastating that part of the attack was. Yeah, And they, they also showed um, the USS Oklahoma. So they did a decent job showing the USS Oklahoma and how the men were trapped within the ship and they were drowning. And so the film... You know, the film did pretty good in that regard. Yeah, I think something that kind of stuck out to me there was it It really seemed like they were pushing that these two characters, Rafe and Danny, were like the center of everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, not only did yeah, they get they up. Had and, to. Yeah, I know. But it's it's <laughs> like, they, they you know, they, they're the pilots that fly up there. And then as soon as they land... They drive the ten or so miles from the, the field to the to where the Arizona was, and they you know jump in the water and try to help there. And I don't yeah, know. I got to paint the hero, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> <laughs> but I that was something that I that just really stood out to me as kind of stretching there. But then it was, um, I liked. I don't know. I I really liked the the realistic aspect of Tora Tora Tora, where it was. Um, you could tell they they didn't use CG, which did make it a lot less um, in actually in the the fight itself. Like Pearl Harbor, that, that one shot of like following the bomb and things like that. That's kind of really cool stuff. Um, but I liked the I don't know. I, to me, it felt more real the fight, the actual attack in Torah, 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 um, because there was a lot of confusion. There's just a lot of people all over the place and. Um, a lot of people that you didn't really know because that's the only time you see them in the movie instead of trying to be like, oh, these two people are everywhere. Yeah, there definitely was. Um, you know, using actual props, it did wonders for showing or for making it more real, I guess yeah. is a good way to put it. Um, until you know what to look for with those props. <laughs> so there were there were some subtle mistakes you know the bridge on the agaki was supposed to be on the port side of the ship but it was shown on the starboard because they actually filmed that on the uss yorktown so oh interesting well, yeah obviously yep um <laughs> so you know little things like that the planes you know some of them weren't painted the color they were supposed to but you know we saw the same thing in pearl harbor as well so hmm. all right so as far as the attack is concerned, overall historical accuracy, somebody's wanting, uh, picking between those two movies, wanting to get a good idea of what the attack was like, which one would you recommend, Tora 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 or Pearl Harbor? For this one, I'd have to go with Pearl Harbor. Okay. I feel iffy about saying that because there was a <laughs> lot in there that really was fictionalized, but I think they did a better job, and it's because they had computer graphics at hand. Um, I think they did a better job of showing really just how confusing and chaotic and like how unbelievable the whole event was. Okay. So yeah, I, one, could, I could get that. Just from a feeling aspect, the way that it felt to be there. Um, yeah. I think Pearl Harbor won this one. 
Yeah, it, that ha- that has to be really tough to get across because it is just it's pure chaos. But you're trying to tell a story at the same time, and so it's. I mean, the surprise attack, but then there's it's kind of how do you how do you show this from all these different angles of you know it's not just one it's not just one ship that's being attacked right so you have to show all of the all of these different ships and all the different crews and yeah it's a it's a massive undertaking for sure and you can kind of get an idea of how how tough it is for really for either one of the movies to be able to do that even with the benefit of of CG and VFX and things like that it's um it's still really hard to yeah. to show that yeah it really is i like though that they um brought in some minor characters to show more of it Hmm. Uh, so like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, uh, oh, mm-hmm. he was Dory Miller. He was an actual person on the Arizona that day. Um, he was with the skipper of the, I think he was with the skipper of the West Virginia when he died. Um, so the film shows that aspect of it. And I like that they bring in some of the minor characters, little subplots, I suppose, to add a bit more effect to it. Yeah, I think didn't I think Tora 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 had had that character as well too. Yeah. Very briefly, um just kind of showing him getting on a gun and and shooting for about 3 seconds before it cut away. Yeah, I think he was a bit more um angry in the Pearl Harbor version. There was a bit more passion in there, but Well, as Cuba Gooding Jr. is a That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All righty. So, I mean, I I think I'm for that one, I'm going to have to go with Tora, Tora, Tora. Ironically, for the same, well, the opposite of the reason that you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I even though like my, my background is in um, CG and, and VFX, so maybe that maybe that's why. But I I enjoy I enjoy good VFX. I I enjoy it for sure. But I also like the the realism that came with Tora, 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 where it was um, just the you know the the real planes you know you could tell that it was the real planes yeah there were limitations to what they could do there but um and maybe another part of it too was i actually got to see uh those those planes that they used in the movie now are used uh, by the commemorative air force and they put on a a show called tora 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 um and so the air force base by me they uh, a couple years ago they had them come in and they performed kind of the whole reenactment they tell the story of pearl harbor and they have these um, you know, zeros flying over and, and then they have, you know, the American planes that go up and they shoot them and there's you know, pyro and explosions and just, you know, huge um, things. So maybe that was kind of part of it too. It was just huh. kind of that sense of nothing like what it was actually there. Cause you know, you're in the middle of an air show, but yeah. still just, you know, kind of cool to, to hear it and see the visuals and feel the heat and all that kind of stuff. That is really cool. Now I want to go to Oklahoma to see that. <laughs> <laughs> is this like an I annual think, thing? Um, well, it, that particular part, so the air show that they have here is not they used to be annually, but with um, budget cuts and stuff now it's mm-hmm. like semi annually every you know every couple of years or so um but they don't always do that like last year they had it last year and it was a reenactment for Vietnam um and they kind of showed how they would extract a you know soldier using Vietnam era um planes and stuff um Huh, but I, I think cool the Tora 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 show, you can find it online and I think they do air shows around the country. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I did not know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have yeah, to look that up. Check it. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. I'm, I'm sure being up there in Ohio, they've got the, you know, the, 
uh, in Wright Patterson. Oh so yeah, I'm down sure by they've Dayton. got something going on. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be something like that. Yeah. Huh. All right. So after the attack, we have the aftermath. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, in the aftermath for in Tora Tora Tora, it shows in Washington that the kind of what we talked about, the Japanese uh, diplomats messed up by delivering a message after the attack took place, meaning that the attack happened while technically the two countries were peaceful. And then after that, you see Admiral Yamamoto back in Japan regret the decision to attack Pearl Harbor, saying Quote, I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve, end quote. And that's a quote that I know has kind of been um, attributed to him and been very uh, popular. So not something that was made up in this movie necessarily. But um, And then in Pearl Harbor, it shows the two pilots. And they join a mission, uh, mission by Major Jimmy Doolittle, who's played by Alec Baldwin, and they pilot B-25 Mitchell bombers from an aircraft carrier to retaliate against the Japanese by bombing their homeland, kind of the first strike against the Japanese homeland. And in that mission, it's a success, but they crash land in China, killing one of the two heroes of the film, and then that leaves the other one to get the girl in a true Hollywood fashion ending. Super right. romantic. Super romantic. <laughs> so as far as tour, 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 and kind of the aftermath of that um, – and we kind of already talked about the message for kind of before that. Was that – did Tor 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 show that accurately but then also kind of afterwards the the regret that you kind of see of some of the uh, commanders in particular, Admiral Yamamoto, regretting that decision to attack and thinking that, well, maybe that's – maybe the attack on Pearl Harbor was not such a good idea after all. Yeah, we touched on it briefly with the Hague Convention thing but it – that became a big debate after the war was over, um, whether or not Japan had gone about things the correct way. So Japan felt that they were in the right because they did send the 14-part message. But the problem was that it wasn't received until 2 p.m. Um, they weren't sure if it was supposed to go to the Japanese embassy in Washington. or They weren't sure if it was supposed to come from the Japanese embassy in Washington, D.C., or if it was supposed to go to the American embassy in Tokyo. So there was a little bit of confusion there, and it was encoded. They had to translate it from there. It became a big debate after the war was over. Hmm. I, yeah, I could yeah. see that. I mean, it's not like – that's not something that you really practice. You know, practice no. going to war. Where do we actually send this document? And you're not going to ask the, ask the other side where you're going to send the document yeah, I, I hope we don't have to practice that. Well, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as far as Yamamoto is concerned, the there's really no indication to say that he actually said those words. You know, they're the fo- they're the most famous words in the entire movie. I would mm-hmm. argue um, he certainly did regret it to an extent. He felt that Japan couldn't win a war with America if it was prolonged. Mm-hmm. If they were going to do it, if they were going to win, they needed to do it quickly, get it over with, and you know, call that their success. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew that if it was a long, drawn-out affair, that Japan simply could not win that. So he regretted it, and you know, at least to some degree. Um, but we don't really know if he said those actual words. Do you know 
kind of why he regretted it was some of it because of the raw materials, kind of what we were talking about beforehand where Japan had limited natural resources. Yeah, I think so. I think they knew that they were going to have to invade other countries in order to, you know, take their resources Mm -hmm. in order to fight a war. And that would detract from their ability to fight back against America across the Pacific. So I think he understood that, you know, they'd gotten to them. I think he understood that they'd gotten themselves into something much bigger than most of them had realized. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so even if he didn't say that line, it's a line that uh, could have been said plausible, perhaps. I think it reflects his sentiments pretty well. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that they carried, I think, that exact line over into Pearl Harbor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can well, I mean, I up? think it's something that what I guess I, I said it wasn't made for the movie, but that was always my my thought. But I guess the movie came out and, you know, before I was born. So maybe I just assumed that it was something that kind of was picked up, you know, before then. But maybe it was actually from Tora Tora Tora. Do you know if that was something before the movie or was that something that Tora 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 kind of started as him saying and then, you know, played on? In, it's, in later movies. Yeah, it's my understanding that it was something that the writers of Torah, Torah, Torah attributed to him. Oh, okay. Um, he could have said it. It's certainly poetic. He was mm-hmm. a wise man. Um, it could have come out of his mouth. I just, I don't think there's any record to say for sure that he actually said it, though. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, and I know he actually passed away before the war was over. He was... Um, the Americans cracked Japanese codes and found found out his flight itinerary uh, towards the middle of the war, I guess, in 1943. And so they launched an attack and shot his plane down and killed him. So we will never, never know. That's I one of those mysteries. Won't. All right. So what about in Pearl Harbor when they're talking about the or showing rather the retaliation for the surprise attack by launching bombers? Was that something that actually happened? That really did happen, yeah. Um, In April of 1942, the U.S. attacked Japan in what was called the Doolittle Raid. So in the film Pearl Harbor, Doolittle is, of course, played by Alec Baldwin. He's there in the very beginning with Rafe trying to get him to not go to Europe and then telling him he should. He comes back at the end to play the hero once more. Um, That's something that really did happen. Uh, They did a decent job, I think, of depicting how it happened for the most part, like the structure of the event. One of the biggest problems for me, though, was that none of the people who actually went on the Doolittle Raid in real life were at Pearl Harbor. Okay, They were all from a regiment in South Carolina. None of them were actually at Pearl Harbor, although the film shows that, you know, I think most of the people who were on that raid, they show as being from Pearl Harbor. You know, it's Danny and Rafe's friends from Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. And the the two pilots that were, you know, Battle of Britain and then carried over into Pearl Harbor, the only two that made it in the air and then also leading, leading the raid. They sure are heroes, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So they, yeah, the Doolittle raid was something that actually happened. They did um, attack Japan. And then they knew from there that they weren't going to be able to return to the USS Hornet 
because their planes were too big to land on the aircraft carrier again. Oh, okay. So from there, they had to fly to China. They all crash-landed in China, except for one that crash-landed in Russia. Um, three American pilots were killed. The ones in Russia were held for about a year. So that's something that really did happen. Hmm. Yep. And was it something that in, in the movie they show that you know they, they dropped their bombs, and um, but it doesn't really seem to have much of an effect other than I mean, it, it pumps up their morale and stuff like that, but it's not really, as far as the overall war is concerned, the movie doesn't make it seem like it's as big of a, a hit as Pearl Harbor was for the U.S. Would you say that's kind of a fair assessment? Yeah, it definitely didn't have a major effect. I think what they were really going for was psychological. Mm. Um, they wanted to show Japan, you know, you can sneak up and attack us, but we're going to do the exact same thing to you. Mm. So it wasn't so much about causing damage so as it was about you know, telling Japan that you're not quite safe either. So. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So as far as the aftermath for Tor, 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 was there anything else that kind of stood out as being accurate or on the flip side, kind of glaringly inaccurate with the way that it, it depicts the aftermath of the attack? Tora, Tora, Tora really doesn't show a whole lot of the aftermath. Uh, the That's film true. drops off for the most part after the attack is over. Um, I really did like, though, that they showed Yamamoto regretting the incident, regretting the attack, I suppose. Mm. Um, That sort of, I guess, shows Japan in a more positive light, shows that not everyone there was bloodthirsty. Some people knew that they had opened up a can of worms that they really just were not ready for. So That makes sense. How about for Pearl Harbor, then? Was there anything that kind of stood out? Again, being either really accurate or or inaccurate either way. It was nice that with Pearl Harbor, they took the story past the attack. Um, At least they showed the Doolittle raid. I got to give them credit there. It's, you know, an event in history that most people overlook because they just don't know about it. Hmm. But when when did, sorry, when did that, did we say when that actually happened? Was that like right after Pearl Harbor or was it there's some time between that? It was in April of 1942, so it was about four months okay. later. Well, about okay, five. So yep. pr- pretty, pretty quick, but you know, not, not like right away. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I like that they took it a little bit farther. That they showed that you know we did raid Japan soon afterwards. The fact that they showed men from Pearl Harbor doing it, and of course it's because they had to have the hero. Right. Um, but the fact that they showed men from Pearl Harbor doing it, rather than attributing it to you know, the men from South Carolina who really were a part of it, that kind of bothered me a bit. Hmm. But the directors really weren't concerned with the historicity of things anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess on, on that note, for overall kind of the aftermath side, which one would you which would you go for the historical accuracy, Tora, Tora, Tora or Pearl Harbor? This is a hard one for me. Um, Pearl Harbor was the only one that really showed it yeah. so much, but they did a poor job of it. So <laughs> I almost, I really almost want to give the credit to Tora 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 because they didn't even try. Like they showed Yamamoto feeling that it was maybe a mistake, but drop it at that. Yeah. No, Pearl I'm... Harbor, on the other hand, you know, they, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, 
I thought the same thing and, um, I know I, I kind of built this structure, so it's kind of, maybe it's on me, but, um, <laughs> as I was kind of going through it, I was like, you know, there's not much there, but that's actually to their advantage because I didn't really, I mean, I like that they show the Doolittle Raid in Pearl Harbor, but I didn't like how they portrayed it. And so, um, I, at least for me, I'm going to have to give this one to Tora, 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 cause at least it just kind of, it drops off, you know, it, it shows the attack and, and I mean, doesn't show much beyond that, which I think is to its advantage. Yeah, I think I think you're definitely right in that. Okay, so overall, recapping, uh, we had a Prelude to War. You went with Tora Tora Tora, as mm-hmm. did I. Uh, the attack itself, you went with Pearl Harbor. I went with Tora Tora Tora. And then with the aftermath, we both picked Tora Tora Tora. So ultimately... I think uh, if someone were to pick between these two movies to watch in honor of Pearl Harbor Day on December 7th, which one would you recommend? Even though your voting record so far is Tora, 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 two out of three, you're welcome to change it for kind of overall purposes in case there's something we, we hadn't quite talked about yet. I think if you're looking for historical accuracy, you have to go with Tora, Tora, Tora. That's hands down the more accurate. Um, but if you're looking for something that's emotionally compelling and it has plenty of action still and it has a love story that maybe your partner might also enjoy, then go with Pearl Harbor. Uh, the former has its historical merits, while the latter has, I think, a more compelling and emotional storyline. So, Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I could see that. And I, th- I think it's worth pointing out that both of these are movies. They're entertainment. They're not really intended to be documentaries. They're and we're kind of talking about historical accuracy, but if you really, really want to see something accurate, go check out a documentary or actually read some books about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Listen to your podcast about yeah, it. Yeah, listen that to aspect. season two of Omitted. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I personally, this week, I'm going to be watching Pearl Harbor. Um, it's not totally accurate, but I still enjoy the film. You know, 2001 era Josh Hartnett is reason enough to watch it, in my opinion. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with Pearl Harbor. Okay, okay. I, I could give that. I might actually watch both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably pick between, uh, say, Torah, 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 um, just, but, I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching both of them. Or, you know, pick, pick some other ones as well. So, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there. For sure, for sure. And I think the more that we can kind of shine a light on that the the less likely it is to be forgotten and even if it's even if it's not 100 percent historically accurate hopefully that'll kind of spark people to to go research what actually happened and find the true story yeah definitely that's one thing that i'm really glad i saw pearl harbor when i did when i was a kid because it did pique my interest it did make me you know want to learn more about the actual event Mm -hmm. good good well, I know this format has been a little bit different than our typical episode, but I really hope that you enjoyed this, listening to this, as much as I've enjoyed chatting with Corey. And uh, thanks so much for your time, Corey. But before we wrap up, can you let everybody know where they can find your podcast? Yeah, you can find Omitted on just about any podcatcher of your choosing. Um, so if you use iTunes, it's going to be on the oh, Apple podcast. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, Apple. So if you use Apple Podcasts, it's going to be on there. If you have an Android, you can find it in the Google Play Store. Um, You can also stream the episodes on omittedpodcast.com. Well, thanks again, Corey. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me.
This episode of Based on a True Story was written and produced by me, Dan LeFebvre, along with, of course, my good friend Corey from over at the Omitted Podcast. If you want to learn more about the attack on Pearl Harbor, I really would recommend checking out Corey's podcast. He's got some great stories that happened around the events depicted in the movies that you've probably never even heard about. Go check it out at omittedpodcast.com. And as always, I'll add a link to Corey's show over at basedonatruestorypodcast.com as well. Okay, now it's time for the answer to our two truths and a lie game from the beginning of the episode. As a refresher, here are the two truths and one lie. Number one, there weren't any American pilots who made it into the air during the attack on Pearl. Number two, there was a document sent by the Japanese government to the American government that didn't make it before the attack. Number three, the Americans retaliated for Pearl Harbor by launching a surprise attack of their own on Japan, led by Major Doolittle. Did you find out which one is a lie? The lie is... Number 1. As Corey mentioned, there were a couple of American pilots who made it into the air during the attack on Pearl Harbor. They were George Welch and Kenneth Taylor. So, not the same characters that we see in the movie Pearl Harbor, but the event did happen. And now, it's your turn. What movie are you going to watch for Pearl Harbor Day? Or is there another film you'd recommend watching in remembrance of December 7, 1941? Hop onto the Based on a True Story Facebook group and let's chat about it. Or if you prefer, you can find me directly on Twitter where I'm at Dan Lefebvre, D-A-N-L-E-F-E-B. The show is also on Instagram where I like to post some photos of the real faces and places behind what we've learned about here on this show and other episodes as well. You can find that on Instagram where it's at Based on a True Story Podcast. But if social media isn't your thing, you can always say hi by emailing me at dan at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll chat with you again really soon.